Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Whoa! Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. man. Glad to have you listening on a Thursday. Tomorrow we're at Twin Peaks Buckhead location. We'll be there until 6.30. Hawks play tomorrow night against the Wizards. Our coverage starts at 6.30. So come on out and hang out with us 2 to 6.30. We're looking forward to seeing you guys out there. Mike, the Falcons have a decision to make, and it's a guy we really haven't talked a lot about. But I do want to lay that, the groundwork for you guys because whether you thought Foyer Lewikin was any good, and he was. Mm-hmm. He leaves and goes to the Jaguars and, again, is one of the top tacklers in the league. But he left here for $45 million over three years. Now, we were in such a bind last year that we couldn't pony up the money to try to keep Foye Lewican. And our defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, at the time said, if we could have kept him, I would have kept him. But the guy that comes in and really takes his spot, and there was no fall off from that particular position, was Rashawn Evans. Now, Rashawn Evans went to Alabama. We enjoyed talking with him at camp and throughout the course of the season when he came on the show. But, Mike, he led this team in tackles, and the Falcons need to make a decision on Rashawn Evans and what they want to spend on him. Yeah, I mean, what is his, uh, is his value? I mean, where is he at? I mean, you talked about the uh, production. Uh, we're going to pretty much stay with it. You know, I feel like Bill Raftery. We're at 3-4 with occasional 4-3 tendencies. But uh, <laughs> we'll be at 3-4. Lorenzo Carter, by the way, got a good deal for the Falcon fans out there. It's a pretty sweet deal for us. It's about right. $9 million over two years. Now, Rashawn Evans ain't going to be that cheap. It's about $5.25 million, according to ESPN, on the uh, on the Lorenzo Carter contract. But that's not bad for a guy that, again, maybe he really blows up if they can get that stud defensive tackle next to Grady. But what is a Rashawn Evans contract going to look like? Well, here's the thing. Because I do think you do a three-year kind of deal. What, what we may have been in business for with Foyer Lewican is where I think we're going to be with Rashawn Evans. But here's the deal. I don't know if I want to pay him $15 million, that's, right, on average, that's it, right. okay? If we're not willing to pay Caleb McGarry on average $15 million, and right now we don't know if that's the case. The Falcons could be still trying to work out a deal with him, but that's really where Caleb's number is. I don't necessarily know if I want to do that with Rashawn Evans. So, Mike, I would tell you that I see him as potentially a guy that gets, you know, three years and maybe, uh, you know, $33 million. Give me, what, what give you, him, give, give me 11, give me 11 yeah. million, $10 million a year. That's where I think he is because, guys, he's 27 years old. He's not an old guy. No, he's a first-round guy. And remember, Tennessee did not pick up his fifth year. That's why we got him on a one-year prove-it deal. 
And Carl just laid out the numbers. Now, look, nobody got any sacks on this team. He had two. But uh, he was, uh, again, leading the team with tackles, making the, you know, doing the dirty work, and fits what we want to do. Presumably fits what Nielsen wants to do the new D.C. So can you give me similar – look, more than Lorenzo Carter, but not the going rate. Obviously not no. obviously on a franchise tag because he's not he's, – with all due respect, he's not that guy. But he, no. is, but he could be if you throw in some sweeteners, some escalators, right? If you want to throw some bonus structure in there, then maybe he could do it. Maybe, maybe I think he loves being here. I do too. Uh, I think he likes it. I, I think more importantly, they like him. He fit a need for us. And when we lost Foyer Lewikin, I remember a lot of Falcon fans were like, oh, well, he wasn't that good. Foyer then goes to the Jags and does the same thing. And that's a really young and talented defense they have down there. Now, until the guys around you get better, and, and let's just put this in perspective, too. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, because we've talked about McGarry. This is another guy they got to make a decision on. Free agency starts next week. Legal tampering starts next week. So, guys, if you're serious about keeping your own guys, this is when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Outside of going to try to go bring in new players. When Deion Jones was here, they signed him to four years, $57 million. That was $14.2 million per season. It didn't make him the highest paid linebacker, but it put him in the top five. And then Deion Jones obviously didn't fit, and however that worked out, and he ends up leaving. But, Mike, that is the range, right? So you say, okay, well, he was a guy. He wanted to keep our own. We invested in him. He was young. We signed him. This is a similar situation where you go, okay, let's get him for three more years. The 30 number, it still matters to me, whether it's a running back or a linebacker. I don't know what he is when he gets to be 31, 32 right. years old, but I don't mind doing a three-year deal with Rashawn Evans for a reasonable price. Is right. that between 11 and $14 million? Yeah, I, mean, I think it is. But the question is, you know, we always talk about, you know, he, he missed out on getting that fifth-year option picked up, so he had to come here and approve a deal made way less than he should have probably expected to come coming out of college. This is his chance to get paid. So I, I, I think it's a, you just laid out some really good scenarios, some maybe some rosier than maybe his agent would say he'd be willing to accept. But if you can do the things you're talking about, then, then we got two guys that if you get the other pieces either through free agency in the draft, now this defense starts to put some pressure on the QB. He's a solid piece. I'm with you, and he's a good guy in the locker room. You know, we spent so much time yesterday on uh, Lamar Jackson because it's an intriguing mix. Can I give you another fr- potential free agent to talk about? Absolutely. Well, maybe this would interest you. Zadarius Smith. Yeah. Ten sacks last year. He was part of that new look defense, which, you know, did get to meet the quarterback. And the uh, other parts kind of broke down at times. He wants out of Minnesota. Pro Football Talk just dropped a story, said uh, he put on something on social media. Thanks, Skull Nation. Apparently he wants his release. Signed wow. a three-year deal. Uh, I don't know what the going rate for him would be, but he would certainly be a dude that, you know, again, maybe you're a team you feel that's a piece that puts you over the top. Because you said it the other day. It's not a real robust edge rush, you know, free agency class. Matter of fact, it's unless you're into really Hargrave, it's really not that big a class unless you're willing to spend for Orlando Brown, which is going to be the new market, right, for, for tackles in the it NFL. Is. But anyway, just real quick, uh, Zach Allen played for the Cardinals. That's one of the guys that could be out there. Draymond Jones was a, di- a decent piece for the Broncos. But none of this is really exciting stuff, is it? I mean, Frank Clark, I'd, I'd love to get the money to get Frank Clark here if so, we could. So what's the priority? Before we get to next week. Hmm. What are you prioritizing? Once you answer that question, Falcon fans, Mm -hmm. then you can start to focus in on the potential guys that may be willing to come here. Now, here's the reality. Everybody that we're talking about is going to be willing to come here. You know why? We've got money. Right. Everybody we're talking about. There's nobody that we're talking about where you go, oh, we're not going to be able to get him. We've been such in that mindset for the last five years that we can't afford him. We can afford everybody. 
So when you have the second most available cap space in the league right now, mm. there's no one that's not going to be interested because they know we can pay. Who is your focus? That is the question, Mike. It's not about, hey, we can, we can go get all these guys. Mm. What guy makes our team really better? And that's the guy I want to be focused well, on. We Mike, like, if it's Hardgrave, right. let's pay him. Well, we like Deron Payne. That's why Squid Billy brought it up back in, like, December. But Deron Payne gets tagged by the uh, commanders, and he's 26. That's why the only reason we liked him more than Hargrave is he's younger. You know, you want a guy who's going to be in the prime of his career. Hargrave sure. is 30, but Hargrave is a stud. <laughs> and I think, you know, as Chuck Smith said, you put Hargrave next to uh, Grady, Forget about it, right? You're going to be yes. going to town. Yes. But, and by the way, I just found this article. I was searching for, like, the free agent rankings. For what it's worth, and again, take it with a grain of salt, Yahoo Sports has got Caleb McGarry as the 20th best free agent. I'm not overpaying. Yeah, and they're not. And But you know what the thing is? Because it's maybe not the biggest household names, I don't know. Squid Billy, we were talking today. We're doing our conference call for the show. And Bo was saying there's a lot of stuff. And I said it to, in the meeting a narrative that owners are going to slow roll free agency. And and maybe that's the case, maybe it isn't. But if it is going to be a deal where some guys are going to sit and let the market settle in a number of positions, you know, that you said it the other day, that McGarry coming back here is not an impossibility. No. And, and by the way, guys are asking me, uh, follow us. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put Him Up, C Dukes. The radio shows Dukes and Bell 929. We're getting ready for the start of free agency next week. It's why we're having this conversation. Falcons need to take care of their own first. Guys, guys that can play, mm. you take care of your guys first. But you gave look, you gave a great scenario if, if he's willing to do that. I mean, that contract makes sense. It does. And, and in a world where you know it's always the new, the guys are resetting the market. With all due respect to Rashawn Evans, that's not a guy that resets the market. He has been a worker bee who didn't get his fifth year option picked up. Guys, but are a good work, but a good piece. Guys are asking, so so who do you overpay for? Hargrave, game changers. That's it. Right. That's it. So you, you'd make Hargrave the highest-paid defensive tackle in period, football. Period. Higher than Aaron Donald's deal. Mike, Mike, when you start talking about, because when you say, or when I say, I don't want to overpay, and guys go, well, then you're going to overpay for a free agency. No, you're not. I will overpay for a game changer, a guy that affects the game the way he does and makes everybody around him better. Right. That's a different deal than saying, can I plug and play another offensive tackle into the right side of my line, and will we be okay? See, I think Arthur Smith – and, and Terry Fontenot are looking at this, and they're going, could we be as good as we were last year? Okay, just from a baseline standpoint, not better, as good if we just plug and play somebody right now at the right guard without spending this kind of money and allocating these funds for other more important positions. The answer is yes. Right. Now, if you say, well, is that the goal? We want to be better. Of course you do. But, guys, we've said this. All of our offensive linemen, I don't care how many years we've been doing this, are not going to be all pros. You're going to have some guys in there that, that you've got some warts and you got to try to cover it up. And I think they believe, Mike, okay, you know what? I'd rather spend this money in another way at another prime position and we could probably be as good as we were last year running the ball and maybe have a little bit better pass blocking with a guy who may be a little bit more athletic than Caleb McGarry was. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, go back and look at the Super Bowl team. Yes, I mean, he was a, a top pick. Jake Matthews, always solid in the piece. Andy Levitre, remember we made the trade in 15 with the Titans? Again, the big piece that year was Alex Mack. And then Chris Chester. Remember we first signed Chris Chester? You and That's I kind right. of rolled our eyes. Oh, boy, another Redskin rewind because of the Shanahan's time in D.C. at the time. And then Ryan Schrader was, again, a good piece. We didn't really overpay. He got a contract, but it was it was kind of like it was a pretty good market value for the guy. That, that was five guys who played and stayed healthy the entire season. So, yeah, you don't have to get 
uh, you know, the Pro Bowl. That's why the Orlando Brown thing would probably be too cost prohibitive for us. I mean, if you want to go get the best of the best of the best, you go do it, sir. Sir, then yes. you're go get Hargrave and Brown. You got no money for nothing else. Yeah, and if that's your goal, and you say, "Hey, we're going to go get the best offensive lineman available and the best defensive lineman available," then you do it. I don't think necessarily we have to do business that way. But I will say this: if you sign and re-sign or bring back Rashawn Evans, it's still going to affect. Um, you know, your money, and you've got to allocate that. It's not like that money's just growing on trees. You've got to say, okay, hey. And then, again, most of that, Mike, is probably going to be paid up front. He's not going to, you know, be a guy where uh, you're worried about that deal in three years. They'll give him a nice signing bonus. Mm-hmm. The deal won't hurt us with the cap. It'll help us because it'll be long-term, you know, three or more years, and, and, and we keep it moving. So yeah. I, 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 that's my biggest problem right now with Falcon fans, talking to people, is everybody is afraid – to spend the money that is available. Right. I don't understand. Well, and it's funny because guys are going, are you sure that Terry Fontenot is enamored with Hargrave as you are? No, I have no idea. I'm just saying we've got a major hole. We've been using guys, let's be honest, Carl, we've been using guys from taxi squads. We've been using guys from, like, been on six teams in five years next to Grady Jarrett. You know, it's, I mean, <laughs> you go back to, like, you know it was a good piece that was never really that heralded, but he was always steady, was Babineau. It was yes. Jonathan Babino back in the day. That's the kind of guy you got to get next to Grady. If you can't, no, it's not sexy, but Hargrave would be the best. And if you feel he's going to give you four productive years, it'd be 34, 35 at the end of the deal. We got decisions to make, guys. Coming up, strong arm story of the day. They found a way to get it done last night in Washington. Can they do it again tomorrow night? And what's changed with the Hawks? We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 92 9 The Game. He's got it. Trey Young just knocked down the three in the Hawks lead. Atlanta Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. We all keep waiting for something magical to happen with the Hawks. Last night, they were able to pull out a win against the Wizards. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So, Mike, as we keep waiting, like, for this switch to be turned on, last night, close game. We haven't been great at finishing these games, but they found a way to get it done. That's the positive. It's a dub. I'll take it. The negative is that it looked familiar, right? I mean, we're in the game. We got bench scoring last night with Coach uh, Quinn Snyder talked about. But the other part about last night was you liked the way Trey was in the passing lanes, creating steals. He picked his defensive uh, performance up. Yeah, man, three steals early in the game. And, you know, as we said, it, it like I don't want to get his dad on me now. I don't know all the young's mad at me. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, his dad. Ray, Rayford's cool, man. Ray, Rayford, I mean, he was chirping like he was Gary Payton Sr. But eh, he's not the glove. But, I mean, like he's, he's more along with Steph Curry. But, like, I get it. He's never going to be that shutdown guy, but he can still work at the things you just talked about. You know, being disruptive in the passing lanes and just playing some better D. And whether that's a byproduct of Quinn Snyder and, and he's on board, you know, or, or whatever, that's great. If Trey does that, I mean, that's that's big. And everybody else, you know, if DeAndre Hunter can ever get his head on straight for a couple of games in a row, we, we should be a better team. Think about how much better we were defensively against the Knicks against the Sixers than anything we've looked like the last two years. Yeah. I, it's a shame it took 66 games for Trey to do that, but I'll take it. it was, if he does that more often, then there's really nothing to bellyache about because he had a double-double. 28-10 assists for Trey last night. And as we're talking about Trey, one of the things that sparked the team was a put-back dunk by Jalen Johnson that put the Hawks up 97-94. And this is what it sounded like on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 
Dejounte dribbling to the foul line, lets it fly, and it's no good. Rebound jam back in by Jalen Johnson. Whoa, what a night Jalen's had. He's got 10 points. Hawks lead by three now. See, this is the stuff. You know, remember we joked around, was it last year, when Bridges, who's not even on Charlotte anymore, remember Bridges has the big dog. Bridges! Bridges! Yes. Oh, a thunderbolt from Bridges. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's two freaking points. You know, everybody does that. Old, oh, no, he did! You know, that crap. Well, this was one that was a momentum shifter. This was a big one. Steve talked about it on the play-by-play. He makes the big dunk. They come down, miss a jump shot, and then Bogey hits a big three-pointer. So that's you're feeding off the energy, and it's a momentum shift, and that's when they, they, took, they took control of the game with about eight and a half minutes left. No doubt about it. Trey, talk about that moment when Jalen Johnson put that dunk back in. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, we need momentum plays like that. Like, I mean, you, you look around the league, and certain guys have – I mean, certain teams have certain guys. When they make a play, it, it just it, – it just – brings our team up and you can obviously go on a run um, after those type of plays. So uh, I think that, that that play right there really sparked us momentum too. So now, what a, what, and by the way, then they got into like a sort of a seesaw thing. They went back and forth. And yep. it was, look, it's a shame that you're doing this against the Wizards, but I heard, uh, you know, I heard Steve talk about it earlier. I mean, we kind of are like the Wizards in some sense. You know, we got to be playing better. Porzingis went off and guy goes for 43 and they still lose, but they played better defense and they showed some poise and they came back from being down 15. Usually we're blowing 15 point leads, Carl. Yeah, and that's the thing Trey was talking about too. It's Dukes and Bell about handling late game situations. Listen to what Trey said. When we're in, in these moments in late-game situations and it's close, we know what to call, we know where to go, and uh, we kind of look over at Coach and see what he wants. And uh, Sometimes he looks back at us and, and gives us a nod and just lets us go out and play, and sometimes he has something. So it's all about just communicating out there on the floor, but we go over a lot of this stuff, uh, especially late-game situations and practice and shoot-arounds. And, you know, again, I'm not being a jerk, but you go, all right, most coaches do go over a lot of this late-game stuff. It's not like they haven't been talked to about this over the last 60 games. It's been more about the lack of execution, Mike, where, right. yeah, we can't execute late in games. But I do like what Trey said there is that, hey, we got a plan. He's going let us, to let, it, let us know what he wants to do, and then we got to get it done. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Bridges! Trey was Yes, <laughs> yes, that right there. Trey was also talking about the bench getting them back into the game. We talked about Okongwu. Uh, we talked about Bogey last night. Jalen Johnson off the bench. Trey Young. I mean, just bringing a spark to, to our offense uh, late in that third quarter, and we were able to come in that fourth quarter and kind of uh, stretch it and, um, I mean, just fight back into the game. And then, obviously, we've been, a lot of us have been there before in close games and big moments, so we know how to um, execute down the stretch. We just, it's just up to us to go out and do it. Do you think Quinn Snyder knows who to trust at, at Lakin Games right now? I think he's, he's <laughs> so, but again, for those who don't catch our drift, I mean, like, I get it. It's a dunk is a dunk is a dunk. But that was one that we were like, yeah, we and then bogey hit a three and you lost the stinking game, you clowns, and we beat you in the play-in game. But I, I digress. Bridges. <laughs> but but it's like, but, oh yeah, I mean, but it's, it's like when JC uh, dunked on Embiid in the playoffs. Right. You remember? Right. And some of these have momentum. Now that was that's right. Now Jalen Johnson was our guy, but I mean, we just always laugh because you know. It's like, oh, my God, as if the guy slam-dunked the basketball while Roman Candle shot out of his tukus, right, while he was going down the lane. I've never seen <laughs> <laughs> I 
forgot how outrageous <laughs> like, that like was. He's freaking Zeus. He's throwing thunderbolts. But anyway, that was what we had fun with. But Jalen Johnson last night. Now, I guess if he's liking Jalen Johnson's vibe, because Johnson was a little bit inconsistent. Sometimes Jalen Johnson looks like he's asleep. Sometimes he's into it. He's. I think everybody's kind of up in their game for Snyder. I've, I've, I'm, I'm done talking about A.J. Griffin. I guess he'll get on the floor when he gets on the floor, but maybe he'll develop further down the road. He just looked like he was moving in the right direction. That's all. Right. That's all I'm saying. I mean, listen, you're going to, you know, young guys have to earn minutes, all right, in the right. NBA. Um, with the way that we were not getting scoring off the bench when Nate was here, Guys got to earn playing time. But I just thought he was moving in the right direction. If, if Quinn Snyder doesn't think he's moving in the right direction and he didn't want to play him, that's what that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and, you know, DeAndre Hunter, we've been dogging him for consistency. He had a nice, I think it was Trey Assist with the floater. So, I mean, there, there's things that are cooking. Now, we can debate, I said this to you earlier, is, uh, you know, John Collins going for 14 points and five boards. Is that worth $25 million a year? But it was a, it was a solid effort from John Collins, and he actually had a couple of threes last night. He was feeling the three. He did. Let's uh, hear from Coach Quinn Snyder talking about the one thing that he thought is, you know, that they made the right reads offensively, especially late in the game. You know, that mentality, you know, of really playing offense collectively. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, your best offensive players don't, you know, don't make plays. Um, it just means we make the right reads. Well, I hope they make the right reads tomorrow. We got to build some momentum, uh, and tomorrow will be a little bit different. Steve Holman, bang, the voice of our Hawks said, "You know, they came in a uh, little back, back, back situation for the Wizards. It'll be different. They'll have some some rest under their belt, and then, Mike, we got to come home and take on the Celtics, who." That's not going to be easy. So you, you got to hopefully build some momentum tomorrow night against the Wizards. I know that uh, we're looking for this team to just get on a roll. Like sixteen games left, you know. And you is do that get, it? That's it. It's we're we're what thirty some. Hold on, I, got, I just looked it up. I got the I did the numbers thirty three and thirty three carry the one. That's sixty six. So that's and there's an eighty two game season. Ergo, sixteen games left. So, so shut up, <laughs> jerk. But uh, as Steve Holman pointed out. You get uh, you got to play up there again, up in D.C., right? Yep. And then you get, was it Boston, right? They're rested. So that'll, that'll be a little bit, that'll be a tough test because, you know, Boston, they had a little bit of a wobble. They finally won again. But the Bucks, you know, they got a bit of a lead now. And, and Boston certainly wants to get back to being the number one seed. Yeah, listen, the, I think they've got the best tandem in the league. Mm. I, I don't know if Trey and DeJounte are ever going to turn out to be that tandem we thought i know it's their first season playing together but tatum and brown they're on another level right they're, they're just on another and now i know they've been to an nba finals and you know the, the celtics the way they're built and all that i i don't care i mean the game's on the line mike you got two dudes that just go give me the ball i don't care who gets it tatum or brown and they're gonna make plays Hey, for what it's worth, Tankathon, the guys who come up with all the metrics on how many uh, you know, you're playing, what the winning percentage is. The, right now, for the games that are remaining, 16 left, the Hawks have the 12th most difficult schedule. That's not bad. No, I mean, so it's, you know, it's not the worst. It's not the best. And you get Minnesota. We're going to see those guys. we got Golden State coming in, St. Patrick's Day, 92-9, the uh, game night. So, it's, so there's some big ones, man. All right. Steve Coonan will join us tomorrow, Hawks CEO. His regular slot, 440 tomorrow. And we'll talk to him about all things Hawk says, uh, we've gotten past all this turmoil, all right, with the team. Now it's about win. Now you got to find the way to put some wins together. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Love to hear from you guys about the Hawks, where you're at. Has your opinions changed at all? Mine right now have remained the same. I, I don't think that this team, again, is going to be able to hit a switch. Doesn't right. mean they won't compete. 
doesn't mean that they might not get better over the next 16 games and that Quinn Snyder figures out some things between now and next season. Right. But hey. I, I don't see the switch thing happening. Right. So, again, for those uh, guys that are still on me about uh, being Trace Ho, uh, let, <laughs> let people know that uh, I'm, I'm appreciating the defensive uptick and a little more defensive intensity. And that's cool. And keep doing that, brother. I'm sure we'll get back to it, Mike. Trust me. <laughs> hey, coming up, Grant yeah, McCauley. Like, like the telephone game. Yeah, Mike Bell said you ain't nothing. You ain't no Gary Payton. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I said. No, it's, it's, it's never better defense. Uh, coming up, Grant McCauley from spring training. We'll talk about Strider. He had a really interesting day. We'll break down all the things that are going on with our Braves. But right now, caller five is going to win tickets to go see Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, and more Wednesday night, August 9th at Lakewood Amphitheater. Tickets go on sale Friday. That's March 10th at 9 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Caller 5 at 404-741-0929. You're going to go see Snoop Dogg right now for listening to Dukes and Bell. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. World Series champion Atlanta Braves. On Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Oh, let's talk about our Braves. As Spencer Strider was on the hill today, it's Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Our man Grant McCauley covering spring training. And uh, Grant, it seems like Strider had a good day. How would you describe his outing today? Yeah, I think everything looked the way you want it to look. Fastball in the high 90s, good slider. 
still developing that change up and you know three and a third uh, innings just one mistake really for him in that game five strikeouts you like to see that swing and miss that's what Spencer Strider's known for so as far as the boxes you want to check getting that pitch count up towards 60 nearly now and three more exhibition starts to go at least as he gets ready for probably the number two spot in the rotation to open the year behind Max Fried. We spent a lot of time talking about him going to that third pitch, the article grant that was written in The Athletic, and it sounds like he's sticking to his guns. I mean, he just doesn't seem like he's got, the at least in the article, didn't tell he had the confidence in the changeup, but if he could get the changeup from the same release point, wouldn't he be like, like Cy Young material? Yeah, I mean, I think he's Cy Young material anyway, just based on the historic way that he racks up strikeouts. I mean, there's just nobody else in the modern baseball era, really any baseball era, that was able to go into a starting rotation and over as long a period of time as he did, average over 13 strikeouts per nine and be the fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts in a season period. I mean, those are some accolades that will get you on that list for not just Rookie of the Year in the case last year, but also Cy Young. Uh, and, and as I look at this changeup, I mean, I don't think it's a pitch that he's not necessarily he lacks confidence in, but it's kind of that work in progress. It's one that he was mixing in, um, you know, a little bit last year, but really wanted to bring into this season, make some changes and develop just another iteration, another wrinkle that pitchers or excuse me, that hitters have to think about. But when you throw 99, a hundred miles an hour with the kind of movement that he has and with the slider, this is the kind of outpitch that it is. He can, because of his stuff, have the opportunity to be more of a two pitch pitcher than most starters have any business being. And that I think is just really what the foundation of his success is built on. Then you add in a change up. And I think that's where he could take it next level and where you could start talking about perennially the Cy Young Award contender, Spencer Strider. All right. Right now, and I know we haven't started the season, you give the edge to the Mets with Verlander and Scherzer, or you say Max Fried and Strider can be right there. Who has the better starting rotation based on what we know right now? Because I think the Braves are better than people think they are. I think the Braves are better than people think they are. And if they're not better than the Mets, they're right there neck and neck with the Mets. And I know you've got to look at Philly and say, okay, well, they got Wheeler and Nola, and that's pretty powerful as well. And the rest of their rotation has a chance to maybe come in behind that and be pretty good as well. Marlins have some great young pitching. That's been something we've been saying for a while. And oh, that, that guy got that Alcantara guy, so he's not bad. <laughs> but as far as the, the Mets and the Braves' like head-to-head battle is concerned, I mean, the resumes of Verlander and Scherzer are going to end them in Cooperstown. That's where they're headed. But with right. Max Reed and Spencer Strider, then you layer on Kyle Wright behind that, Charlie Morton, and you know we'll see what the rest of it looks like. I think that both of these, one through five, are going to be and are designed to be a strength of both of these clubs. But if you're just asking me which one in the year 2023 has a chance to really shine, I think the Braves have perhaps a little bit more upside than the Mets have because at some point, Father time, I mean, he's undefeated in all sports and in life, for that matter. So how long can you build on pitchers that are in the twilight of their career, no matter how special they've been? It is Grant McCauley. The kids call him G-Money, and he joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. I saw today in the game against uh, Puerto Rico that uh, Max Fried obviously was on fire as he's been. He's looked great all spring. And I don't know if you can confirm this, Grant, but the two of the hits he gave up, they said they were uh, grounders fielded by Vaughn Grissom. So I Yeah, guess- and that's just... Yeah, that, those the, really the only base runners that could get on against Max Reed were ones that, you know, if a play could be made by the shortstop, maybe they don't reach base. And, you know, that's just going to be kind of part of it for Vaughn. I know that you know, there have been some growing pains, if you want to call it that, as he's gone back to shortstop and tried to, I'm sure, mitigate the pressure that he might be feeling and, and, and you know, push it off to the side. But 
it's hard not to feel it, though. I I would imagine when you're trying to win a job like that. But no, Freed's looked as good as he's you know looked at any point in the last few seasons, and was expected to look just as good, you know, moving towards that opening day start, which he should be making three weeks from tomorrow. So as we talk about uh, this lineup, Mike and I were having a discussion. Grant McCauley, our guest guys, down in spring training as we talk about all things Braves. We were talking about Ronald Acuna staying at the top of the lineup. It hasn't been as big of a discussion as maybe it was a couple of years ago. You have some other options. I still love him at the top of this lineup. I, I don't have any problem, you know, with that. But I know some Braves fans are like, will he ever be the, the, the third hitter in this lineup or the, or the cleanup guy? What are your thoughts on that, Grant? I don't think he needs to be because you have either Matt Olson or Austin Riley locked in as those three and four hitters potentially. I know they've been batting Olson second a lot. I don't think that's long-term where he slots in. I think that's a spot where eventually Michael Harris is going to end up. But as Michael Harris evolves as a hitter, maybe it gives you the options of thinking about, you know, flip-flopping. Maybe Acuna bats second and, and, and you have Michael Harris leading off. But I'm of the opinion, and I will be unless or until they come up with something better, that if it ain't broke, I'm not going to try to fix it. And I'm not looking at last year as the ceiling for Ronald Acuna Jr. I kind of look at that as the floor. I mean, it's the most mortal that we've seen Ronald look at any point in his four years in the major leagues up to that point. And when he's going and he's locked in, I mean, I just feel like, and I've talked to a lot of people around baseball about this, it just feels like something that elevates him and makes him feel locked in when he is that first hitter of the game. And so from the first pitch on, you feel like the Braves offense can get to work immediately because Ronald's done it so many times in his career, leading off games with home runs and just being a dynamic player. Maybe there's going to be some more stolen bases in his bag this year because those rules that have changed that we've talked about so much, that could be a dynamic we see even more. And I don't think there's a better base dealer on this club than Ronald Acuna Jr. either. There's some other speedy guys, but he just does so much. And if you look at the 2021 season when he was on basing and, and into the 2020 season at a near 400 clip, I would love to have a 400 on base percentage and that power and that speed at the top of my lineup, getting as many at-bats as possible. Because to sum up this whole thesis I've got going here, the best player on your team should be getting the most played appearances and the best hitter on the team, best player on the team, is still Ronald Acuna Jr. And I know that we've kind of created the well, – yeah, it's not a narrative, but without Dansby now, I mean, this is the year where you need this guy to play 155 games, right, and just do all that stuff you talked about. No, absolutely. And I don't think anybody wants to play, you know, 162 games more so than perhaps Ronald Acuna Jr. this year. I mean, Ozzie Albies will give him a run for his money. He always wants to be out there. And I think that's been kind of part of the culture for the Braves the past few years. I know some of that was attributed to – Freddie Freeman, whether it was good-natured or otherwise, kind of ribbing guys about wanting to take days off and everybody needing to be out there every single day that they can be, every inning that they can be. You know, I'm not saying that you have to play every single game without fail, but that should be the mindset, right? That should be the goal is I want to be out there competing with my teammates and winning baseball games, and that's what it's all about. And I think the Braves have done a nice job of developing a culture of that, and we'll see how many guys play all 162, but to your point, Every day that you can have Ronald Acuna Jr. out there healthy, he has a chance to do something special on the baseball field and perhaps something that nobody else on this team and maybe nobody else in the National League can do. He is that kind of dynamic player. What about Elder today? Not a whole lot in his performance that really kind of leans either way towards what he could be as far as fifth starter, like his candidacy. It didn't go up, but it didn't you know fall off the page either. But 
A couple of hits, one home run that belonged to George Springer, but three strikeouts as well across his three innings. So, you know, he did a little bit, and I think obviously looked a lot better than that first one, that big clunker against the Yankees. I think kind of you know, had the perception perhaps, and especially that ERA, which is hovering around seven. There was a lot of damage when the first four hitters reach against you and you give up a grand slam home run to start your spring. But I think he's pitched better than that since and will continue to get those opportunities and those reps to show that, you know, he could be a guy that could make some sense in the fifth spot of the rotation. But we saw Ian Anderson finally show a little bit of swing and miss in his most recent appearance as well. And if you could see some more of that, it would start making you feel a little bit more comfortable about the options that we talked about all winter and all spring long about somebody stepping up in that fifth spot. Hey, Grant, with the big names playing in the uh, the World Baseball Classic, I think it was kind of funny. Snicker joked around that you'd probably get somebody to go send, get some autographs on that Dominican lineup that they played the other day. Yeah. You, you think this is going to have more juice this year? I do, and I think that, you know, not having it, it's gone away for a little while. So, you know, maybe we're able to kind of get fresh eyes on this tournament. And I know Major League Baseball wants it to be, you know, a bigger deal than it is. I think it's hard and really difficult, the, the most difficult, to get pitchers and teams to sign off on pitchers going to this World Baseball Classic. I mean, some guys are going to be there. Other guys are just going to bow out. They're not going to go. I know Noah Syndergaard said something a few years ago about not wanting to participate, and Major League Baseball was really disappointed at the perception that that puts on, you know, especially the U.S. players, about just not wanting to go be involved in this thing. But you look at some of these other clubs and you know, some of the action that we're seeing in the early going and some of these exhibitions, I mean, there's a lot of pride. I mean, you got Mike Trout finally playing for Team USA. I think that's a big deal. Right. And I would love to see the Trout-Otani matchup potentially. I'd love to see if Team USA can defend that title that it took them so long to win. It took them several tries to, to get that World Baseball Classic championship that you would think that Team USA would always have a chance of being in that finals. It just wasn't the case. So there's a lot of passion for baseball around the world. And this truly, if you think about it, it doesn't have the history and the stakes of it, but this is a true World Series. It's just weird to be talking about it in the middle of March. It's hard to get everybody, I think, into the postseason mindset at this point in the year. And Grant, not to throw cold water on it, but if you're an Angels fan, do you really want Trout doing extra wear and tear? Well, I mean, Trout, Otani, really anybody. I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're a Braves fan, Ronald Acuna Jr. started in center field for Venezuela yesterday. It's his first start in center field since 2021. So there are a lot of things that can go on in this tournament that could think, or make you think, well, I don't know, but that's baseball. That's sports. That's life. I mean, things can't happen. I mean, football players get hurt in practice. Baseball players get hurt, you know, away from the field at times. And, you know, some guys, they – sneeze while they're in the shower and they're out for six weeks because they strain their oblique. This weird stuff has happened. People try to iron a shirt while they're wearing it. There's all kinds of urban right. legends about weird injuries that can go on. But either way, um, I think you just got to throw caution to the wind. And if the player wants to go out there and do it, then I, I think you got to let him do it if you want to really tap into what the World Baseball Classic is capable of being. Grant McCauley, tell the people where they can find your stuff. And more importantly, uh, from the diamond, man, I, I, I am enjoying it, you know, as we build up towards the season. Uh, when, when is the show on? Yeah, well, thank you so much. So from the diamond, will be coming your way live every Sunday on 92.9 The Games. Occasionally there's a basketball game. We'll be on right after. But usually 5 to 7 p.m. If you do happen to miss any of that and the great guests and all the good stuff I have going on, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. And for all the links to everything you need, at Grant McCauley on Twitter, you can generally find them there. Oh, here we go. There it is. Grant McCauley, have a great day. Hmm. Hey, Mets, you didn't win. You didn't beat <laughs> us in the East, and you've got two aging pitchers. Yeah. Mike, I can't wait till the yeah. season Go starts. blow your trumpet, you jabroni. I can't wait. Hey, coming up, you tell me they're better. I tell you they're not. Oh! And we have the <laughs> same problem.
We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 